Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I, full of coffee and anxiety, am Brian. And I, full of consistent anxiety, am Lizzie. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that intro at all. I know, I know, I know. Uh, warning, this is going to be a loose episode because we have no guests tonight. It's just me and Lizzie hanging, talking, uh, chatting on Twitch. Uh, this will be kind of like a, a a chill session between us just talking like some behind the scenes stuff, some uh, what goes on to make this. Uh, also answering some questions from our fans in the club, um, people in the Twitter in the Twitch chat. So we will uh, we'll probably be talking with chat a little bit during the episode tonight, which is something we don't normally do. Uh, this is the Emo Social Club podcast, though. We talk about music. We talk about news. We talk about club business club business <laughs> yeah the, the chat has wanted me to call it cult alice is like cult and i'm like yeah i don't i don't tend to call us a cult in our mass media part of this it's like that's for the that's for the cool kids in the in the chat that's for the be a part club. of the cult if you are in the cool kids discord yeah uh before we get into talking about all that though let's talk about what we got going on this week lizzie you got anything special to talk about we're on TikTok. We have over 160 followers literally we gained, overnight. Lizzie has been <laughs> annihilating TikTok. Just like we have been talking so much. We'll just, this will be kind of like part of the episode and part of the intro, I guess. Like we have been, we've been talking a lot about what 2021 is going to look like for us. And the majority of that is like, we would love it if this podcast was bigger than it is and we grow it and we do a lot with it. Um, so in that way, we've been talking about doing like daily content, creating some stuff on different platforms and all that. And Lizzie just like ran with this. <laughs> like I, I, I had to literally message her the other night. I'm like, you are crushing this. Thank you so much. <laughs> because you got the daily content going on on this TikTok and it's all quality. And this one just fucking blew up. Yeah, I think it has over like 4,000 views. Let me check because it keeps getting... We're coming to you from like we don't get the internet <laughs> and we don't know where this algorithm is coming from but we're very appreciative of everybody who's uh who's checked this out yeah, from this tiktok okay so we have 4401 at 7:44 p.m. on January Thursday the 14th so who knows where this one might be at that yeah. point or we might be yeah we're uh Alice has mentioned that's how tiktok works one day I'll just blow up a post yeah it's just that you know, you never, this is still surprising to us. Yeah. I was literally at work last night and I said, my editor was talking about something at work. He didn't like, I'm like, yo, I'm, a, I'm blown up on TikTok right now. He's like, what, excuse me? And I'm like, I'm what sorry, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I ran into a friend of mine at Target and, uh, I was joking like, you know, we're going to have all this TikTok content. I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to be famous. She was like, you know, I could see that from you. Like, you got the hair. And I was like, hell yeah, bro. Because of the fucking hair hell yeah. That's when you know. Your bow and my hair are taking us to the top. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the name of our TikTok? At what's X, our, what's our Social Club X, because we still can't reclaim we, anything one else. Day, one day we're coming for you. One day. One day we'll have our, <laughs> our normal ones. Yeah uh anything else anything special you got going on 
we can talk um, about the DJ stream here in a minute. Um, I guess if I if if you want to help me with my final project for grad school, if I somebody wants I do to not. talk about their um, do the do trauma that. that they share publicly on social no. media no, I or do not uh, want dead to do people that. that they still post no. about on social media, uh, no. get at me so I can Absolutely interview not. you for my multimedia project. Okay, thanks. Now that the the ability of people to talk about their trauma live on the internet is something that just shocks the fuck out of me. <laughs> like the I fact can't. That it's so normal. I mainly did the pitch to focus on like TikTok because that's what I noticed. I'm like, why are all these people like doing yeah. like the bad romance challenge? And I was like, oh, it's funny. They're talking about like a dumb thing that happened in their relationship. What's love? That's cool. That's funny. Then people were like, so my mom was kidnapped and murdered. I'm like, what? Yeah. Excuse me? Like, no, please, please talk to here. somebody else about that. I realized it's kind of like how, like, I mean, back in the day when we were younger and angry and didn't have as many outlets, it's like, I'll go to my Facebook feed and I will talk shit about that person. And I will yeah. let the world know how I feel because I'm mad right now. And then it's like, well, all I have is this TikTok with all of these followers. And all I can do on there is videos. And I have one minute. So I'm going to make a video about it instead. And I'm like, that is one of the most dangerous tools in in the arsenal of emotional Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, let's 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 transition over to our DJ sets, which yeah. uh, we are now doing Friday nights and Saturday nights. Because our Saturday night went so well um, now a week ago. Yeah. By the yeah, time about. this is out, um, we did a Saturday and a lot of people came through and it was a really good time. Uh, we got a little bit more flexible with the emo happy hour part of it, but it was a lot of fun to just sort of like let loose and listen to the music that everybody in the, in the chat was really digging on, uh, get some different, give some different vibes in there. We had a whole Kesha power hour uh, and we have a lot more like random ideas for other Saturdays. Uh, in that regard, we will keep Fridays to more of our like hard uh, emo pop punk nights. Uh, keep with more of that genre uh, on that on those nights. Those are also sadly the night that Lizzie won't be able to join us for the full time, and the loose nights will be on the uh, on Saturday. But Lizzie is working yeah. on Saturday, so, so we'll figure past, that out. This past Saturday, I um, definitely oh no, my pop filter just popped out. Oh, that's literally what it's supposed to do. <laughs> I know, literally. Love that for me. Love it. Oh, boy. Oh, this is boy. what happens behind the scenes, guys. This is the behind the scenes part behind of the behind the, the scenes. scenes part. Okay. <laughs> um, but so this past Saturday, I have to work. But um, this upcoming Saturday, I work a midday. So I'll be able to jump in like at like 8 o'clock or some shit like that. And mm -hmm. then be there. But... Um, I'm training some person this weekend to like take my weekends, hopefully, so we can deal with that. So Perfect. in February, I should be back on Saturdays for sure. Hell yeah. If it goes well, we'll keep it going. Uh, and that's, uh, yeah. So join us every Friday, Saturday night for our DJ streams. Uh, you can also check us out on all the social media. We'll post it everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter is X, email social club X uh everywhere else email social club and uh make sure to also subscribe to us on youtube so you can watch us and our faces talk about this stuff yes and there's a lot of clips and a lot of videos cool stuff 
All right, uh, let's get to our episode tonight. So we uh, reached out on our social media and in our Discord server for some questions. And uh, we'll also ask some questions or uh, take questions from our chat here on Twitch as well and answer those. Mostly it's like kind of open-ended. We may go into some more um, behind the scenes stuff, talk about what goes on, creating the podcast, creating all this stuff, what our goals are. I think that being that this is early 2021, it's a good way to you know, bring in the new year with, uh, with no guests to talk about our goals and talk about what our, our plan is here. And we can make that a, make that a cool thing to talk about, you know, if you're into it, I don't know if there's like, like we, we interview a lot of these bands and we talk about a lot of, um, uh, like things they've been doing and a lot of ways that they're building their, their band up and they're promoting their band. Um, you know, I think of action adventure and talking about how they, they put their music on TikTok and blew up and now they're getting a lot of attention. Uh, we talk about like rusted hearts, uh, right before the end of the year, they talked about making zines and, uh, things like that. And it's like all these interesting things that bands do. And I, I wonder if that's like some of the content that people enjoy about our podcast, for example, where it's like, Hey, we, we want to get like some different ideas and talk about, uh, talk about what bands can do knocking my beer into the wall <laughs> wow don't don't do that i gotta be careful i punched the wall with my beer which is not really a move you want no you don't but yeah so um i wanted to see if there were any questions like that there were a couple but not really but yeah. not really at all i mean but, do, do you, <laughs> you want know. to start off with the fun questions or do we want to break it up because we got a few I'll, on twitter yeah. and on instagram i Let's start off with a couple funny ones uh, from my terrible friends. <laughs> You're terrible friends. Okay. Yeah. Uh, both of these next two questions are from a couple buddies of mine from uh, the emo cover band days playing together in bands. Never forget. <laughs> Our first question. Uh, who would win in a fight? Davey Havoc or Jared Leto? <laughs> so... I- I, I want to go with Davey Havoc, and this is why, yeah, because too. Jared Leto is, like, a cult leader, therefore he's not yes. really, like, he has other people to do shit for him, and if we learned anything from his role as, like, the shittiest Joker in history, he he's just not a fighter. He's not, he's one of those I, yeah. all talk, but no action. I he's a talk, shit, get would. hit type of person. Yeah, exactly. I think he would first forget that there was a fight he'd be like oh i missed it uh and if he did show up yeah i don't think he would be very um yeah i don't think he'd be very like aggressive i don't know he doesn't seem to me like to be a fighter type anyway but um i definitely would go davy havoc of the two of them i and the chat saying i watched that fight i'm like yeah no i'd i'd watch it i don't know if they would fight i imagine that like like Davey Havoc is such an LA socialite that I imagine they just like run into each other and just like chill when they're in LA together. <laughs> like they're probably like friendly. Do you think that they're in the that he's in the cult though or no? No, 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 okay. no. I remember back in the day, uh, people said that there was like a church of Davey Havoc that was kind of a cult sort of mm, thing. That sounds about right. Those like fan it like yeah, I think that's a fan, fan cult. Bases. The, it was basically stands yeah. before stands was a thing. Exactly. But it was worse. Exactly. It was worse like a somehow. Stan, you can't stan. You, you would, you would, you would be like, I'm part of a cult, but it's like really you just stan. 
There's actually, there was That's a... the title. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. You think you're in a cult, but you're really just a stand. <laughs> We're going to get so many people there and be like, excuse me? And we'll be like, yeah. There's actually, I read an article <laughs> and there was a, um, I think it's Brazilian or Argentinian uh, soccer player who died like right mm-hmm. before the new year. I don't remember what his name was. I think he started with an M. And he was just like super well known. And now mm-hmm. that his his like fans have a church for him, like they mm-hmm. have their own church and like thing that like they worship him. I'm like, yeah. that's a cult. That's a cult. It's it's bo- it's bordering that line. It's bordering the line. <laughs> like anybody can start a church. Anybody can start. A, well, cults are technically illegal. Well, no shit. Right? Are they? Well, I don't well, know. It's the actions that Let's happen see. in the cult, That's but actually, having a cult doesn't matter. There, because there are a lot of places that are cults, and they do still operate. Let's see. Yeah. Are Church cults of emo nights. illegal? The use of the word stand. This is uh, Lindsay in our chat. The use of the word stand doesn't seem to have the power it used to. Fair weather stand is more accurate. Totally. I love this band until they release an album I don't like, and then I don't like them anymore. Fair weather stand. So, Love that. okay, so technically it's protected under religious rights. So mm. you can have a cult if you cite it as like a religious yeah. affiliation. That's why the they said there's activity over, that happens. There's over 10,000 cults in the United States right now. Jesus. We are. Where are they all at? We are one of many. <laughs> we are a fake cult. Fake cults. <laughs> Peter says, bring me the horizon stands. Yeah. Like, it honestly is like it's 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 basically like being stands of something. So if you got if you got Jerry Leto stands and you got Davy Havoc stands, you just you got a cult right there. That's build the it. cult. You build it, they will stand. So Peter was asking in the chat, does this make that the church of emo and it can be, but then we're gonna get a lot of backlash from like the real emos. But we won't have to pay taxes. Look at that, thinking ahead, thinking ahead. Fucking brilliant. We would need Guys. like a place. Okay. We can buy that <laughs> one that one place that you that used to be a cult hangout in Logan Square. Oh, in, in Logan, we could just yeah. buy that and be like, "Guys, we're going to continue it. We're going to continue. It. We got to." Yeah, on Friday and Saturday nights where we worship. <laughs> All right, I'll get to the second dumb question here. Uh, what? This is such a fucking stupid question. <laughs> why? Oh. Why did they make Count Chocula? Chunk? <laughs> why did they make Count Chocula seasonal? Americans are starving. Release the count. <laughs> and I feel like this is a joke to be like, "Hey, you know what? Listen. Eventually, throughout the year, you know, a vampire's got to rest. Ghost got to rest." Monsters got to have, you know, a break. Halloween is every day for us, but Halloween's not every day for everybody else. And if it's up to me, I would say stop the count. Stop. I feel like that's where he was leading me. I feel like he was leading me to make a stop the count joke. Stop the count. I guarantee you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this I, is I why mean, Brian's look, friends don't want to talk to him all the time. This is Matt, by the way. It's literally just Matt. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Did he ask his baby that too? He probably did. 
this is this is, Guys, this is what happens when you, when you have kids you send them questions like this <sighs> fucking matt All right, Lizzie, let's ask a, a real question now. Okay, so this comes from my... Wait, let me get get rid of the cult um, Google search. Okay, so this one comes <laughs> on my delete personal... Your history. <laughs> so this comes from my personal Instagram. Um, this is from Sarah Jurek. How do you de-stress when pod-related work becomes too much? Uh, I hand over the work to Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> That's not wrong. I mean, depending on what it far, is. Yeah, as far as the work is right now, and even even talking like before the pandemic when we were doing the karaoke's and stuff, um, there's not a ton of work like that goes into it. A lot of it is like more preparation that we've done over a long period of time. So like even just the fact of like recording and then getting a podcast to to Lizzie to then edit. Um, is literally just like what we do live and then sort of like we make notes uh now we've also hired alice uh who's a lovely friend helping us out with that um to just kind of make notes if there's any edits and it's going in making those edits and then that's that's really it so the work is how dare you alice you can be hired for fun for fun you mean an internship yeah it's an it's a it's a you're doing a service oh my god you're helping me with you're helping us with a service okay anyway so we take all these edit points and you just go in and make those edits um but that is a lot of preparation beforehand of making it so that you just edit very minimally after the episode is recorded um so i think there's not a lot of stress as it is now the stress is more figuring out you know where do we want it to go what do we want to do with it um and as of right now like we don't have a lot that's happening that like becomes stressful yet lizzie doing daily tiktoks i'm sure is more stressful than anything else right now it's only stressful that when i do it i just make sure none of my siblings are around because they'll yeah. be like just look at me and be like what are you doing because yeah. they're all younger than me and they're just like can you not and i'm like i am in my house <laughs> You I are observing this buffoonery as my <laughs> sibling that you have to accept. You have no choice but to accept it. Correct. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's it's hard to say there's stress um in the podcast part of it. When we were doing uh the karaoke events, when we were doing live stuff, that had obviously a little bit more stress, but the way we originally did it, and this may change going forward when we start doing live events again in the future, is we weren't really involved in the process, mostly due to my no compete with my previous band that I left, uh, where they said you can't do uh, emo events. Um, so it was it was very like specific when we were hired for things to say, we are the entertainment, we are coming in to provide that entertainment, and we will use it to benefit um, to benefit ourselves in in certain ways, like promotion and all that. But essentially, we're just setting this up with an organization to do a fundraiser. But all of the fundraiser parts are on the venue and on the the organization that we're supporting for it. We help with promo. We help with all that kind of stuff. But we don't really 
um, push it as like our event basically. So in the past, it hasn't been super stressful to put up one of these events. I think that will change in the future. This non-compete is now over. So in the future, it may be more of our events, our emo social club running it as a, as a night, as a thing, and then putting uh, an organization, putting some, I don't know, we could, we could do anything now because it's, it's not competing with anything else. And also we're coming back from literally no events yeah. and it's like we're gonna have to compete with everybody else who's throwing events on the same nights in the same places even. i think so. the only thing we'll have is that um we'll probably have our friends at emporium probably and so we'll yeah. at least have the emo karaoke for that everyone's gonna be hyped for it i would assume and to go back to the fundraiser stuff i know that it was also you know there was a lot of like cross lines and mixed signals when it mm -hmm. came to like setting up who got yeah. what and like donations and everything because could definitely help and connect the dots, but definitely wasn't supposed to be extraditing all the donations ourselves necessarily. But yeah. Going forward, that was like the biggest stressor, I think, with all the podcasts here for the most part. Mm. And then I think other times it would just be like getting certain guests sometimes. It can be like last yeah. minute or... Like, especially, like, during the holiday season, I was like, okay, all these people aren't answering as quickly as I thought that they would because no one's really, yeah. none of us are really doing anything, but, you know, people still Shouldn't take be. the holidays off. <laughs> people were, So yeah. I didn't really stress too much anymore about it because I knew we have other stuff locked in already. I just think, mm. af like, after the fact, though, to, like, just, you know, to decompress from... I decompress from my main job of news with this. So for me <laughs> yeah. to decompress further wouldn't, I don't know how to do that. And that doesn't exist for me personally. I live in chaos. Um, I that's what I told the job interview. So that's yeah. where we live. That's where we reside. Yeah. In a lot of ways, uh, this is our de-stressor of just chatting with cool people, chatting with each other, hanging out. It's, uh, yeah. It's, this is our de-stressor. Yeah. Uh, do you have another one that is also serious? Let's see. Um, I can I can do another one that's kind of serious too. We could do so. There's another one I got on, not on TikTok, on Twitter <laughs> that we can do because let me find it on here real quick. It is from my friend DJ RJ. It's kind of semi-serious, but also kind of fun. Um. When do you think any emo or pop punk bands will make it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and who would it be? Hmm. So, I mean, well, when is as soon as they're able to, which is what thirty years from their original I don't release. Know, I was just about to ask. I didn't know there was like an age in requirement. Yeah. It, it there is a you have to be around. It has to be a certain number of years. You still have to be. You don't have to be active. You just have to like. 25 Lindsay says in the okay. chat so 25 years from the original release of the first record or something okay as 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 we've come to learn is that the music industry has very like strict standards for shit that doesn't actually matter at all like you have to release albums and then they're like it's all on streaming and we release only singles now so like does that count like if somebody releases a single at a certain date does that mean 25 years from that year I don't know. Uh, I think that those rules are kind of arbitrary, but uh, 25 years from the beginning of the band in whatever capacity, 
uh Lindsay also mentions green day made it in they started as punk so i think they they do count they are a band that is in that genre in that scene that is yeah. already into the hall of fame um if we're talking like our scene like bands like mcr i think is I obviously think a shoe yeah. in yeah and i think because i just googled fallout boy would definitely be i feel an obvious yeah. one Fallout boy would be there would be they there started too. 2001 so them and mcr yeah. will be up in like the next four five six years I can yep. definitely see both yeah. of them, especially with MCR probably still trying to make the comeback happen in a few years still. <laughs> I can see them getting trying to make it up. happen, and then Fall Out Boy We're just being in there because they're Fall Out Boy, and they should be. Like there. I think, I think I mean you know it's like have they had an impact on culture from their band existing? You know, if you think of bands that have been in there, it's like either from the fact that they are really great songwriters that they've made lasting impressions in music that they've inspired many other artists to do it if they've been instrumental in their um in their community in the way that they created the music um i think that certainly mcr fall out boy i would hope a band like paramore would be in there um i could see panic at the disco being in there i think you know the big four would obviously yeah. be in there um I don't know if there's many other bands that have had that major impact on culture from the specific emo scene, like Warp Tour, that kind of thing. Warp Tour is, is as far as I know, Warp Tour is in the Hall of Fame too. <laughs> like yeah. just Warp Tour in general. So like in that way, many of those bands are in there. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm keeping it uh, I'm keeping it kind of strict to that. Like I know Green Day obviously means like Blink. Um, like bands like the offspring you know kind of that like 90s punk that was really big and instrumental in creating things like warp tour and the punk rock uh modern mall punk sort of thing like that kind of stuff like certainly those bands would be um i could also too. see like rise against just because they are more mainstream yeah. political punk I would mm -hmm. want to say anti-flag, but because they're not that mainstream and they like they've done mm -hmm. a lot for underground culture and they still do, but because like I turn on almost any alternative or like rock radio station and I can guarantee you I'll hear at least one Rise Again song within yep. an hour's block yep. at the very least. But for anti-flag, like you're not going to hear that on any radio station unless it's like a very small independent or like college radio station or you're listening mm -hmm. to some like obscure serious XM type of radio station yeah. so i would i would go out and say rise against just because they've also been such a staple for like the chicago scene and i know like hall of fame is like everywhere but if you want to like factor in <laughs> in ohio you know, it's not that far yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but if you want to factor in like what it's done like as a reaction it's they've done a lot for like the local scene also so i yeah. think that could be something to kind of justify i were to feel yeah uh, Alice mentions rage of the against the machine persuasion. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think when you get to like, it's weird to like grow up with the music and then go, this is now classic, right? Like we're already experiencing this with like certain bands that we listen to from the nineties that are now like Pearl Jam being considered classic rock. It's like, no, it's not like Pearl Jam is just alternative classic rock. Okay, well, okay, listen, I was born before the 90s, Lizzie. So growing up in the 90s and seeing uh, seeing Pearl Jam, like being a band that's still releasing albums, right? My grandpa or likes like, Pearl Jam. 
or like Nirvana, like just released albums, you know, it's like, this is not classic rock. Cause that would mean that it's like sort of this large, this, this like, I don't want to say older, but it's just like, it's, it's more legacy. Like these are bands like Motley Crue is not around anymore, but Motley Crue is, uh, Motley Crue would be considered classic rock because it's legacy. Like they're not like, we don't need a new Motley Crue album. Nobody's I hope, asking I hope, for that. Yeah. I hope, uh, by the way, Motley Crue listens to this podcast and hears me and goes, Oh, I hope that they are. I know Nikki. I know Nikki Six checks out local Chicago podcasts. Why? <laughs> no, I do, he doesn't do that, Lizzie. I don't know. Sometimes with you, okay? That's sarcasm. That's sarcasm. I hate it here. <laughs> um, but like that would that would make a band more like legacy, more classic rock like that. There will be a day when MCR is considered classic rock. Yeah. Right. They if will we still be. use those, It'll use be those on terms. Like, the best way to like tell if you're in the classic or um, as my college radio station used to call it, the vintage rock block. Mm. Mm. It's um, when you listen to me FM. Now they're in the 70s and 80s block. So that is classic uh, rock. Because I remember my grandpa yeah. picked me up and he was listening to it. And I was like, wait, isn't this like songs like my dad listens to? And I was like, oh, yeah, because it's 70s and <laughs> 80s now. So like in the next probably like 10 to 15 years, they'll move that from 80s to like early 90s, mid 90s. And that's how MFM stays a, to be an operating radio station, because all they do is just they're like, who's next to die? Let's move the scale <laughs> this way. Did you guys know that we have our own TikTok? It's at X Emo Social Club X, and we put a lot of different cool things on there, from random train dancing videos to previews of our upcoming podcast episodes and anything else in between. And also make sure you're following us on our YouTube channel as well, Emo Social Club, to search it in the search bar. We have some really cool videos coming your way. Brian is making really cool adult beverages that you can make at home. I decided to make it an emo cocktail. So this one's called the Alone This Holiday by Muse. And I'm going to teach you how to make your favorite coffee from your equally favorite bands. The new Spear Box Coffee. We're gonna want to do 25 to 30 grams. All the coffee comes together, all the flavors are spread up. So keep on listening and follow our other social pages. Oh, and make sure to join the club. Um, okay, next question. This is from our friend Laura uh, from High Notes. We had her on that episode. Uh, what song do you think is grossly underrated and needs more love? That's, so many. That's really hard. That's... <laughs> I know, there's a lot of songs. Um I, I I can think of a few and I'll I'll just name a couple that I'm thinking of immediately. Um Annika the Disco, uh Time to Dance is like that should have been a single. I know that they had originally discussed that it would have been a single, um, but that is like one of their strongest songs of all of their songs. I think that it's like insane that that wasn't a single and that it didn't have a video and that like they don't still play it i think that song is ridiculously good uh another panic of the disco song uh off of vices and virtues nearly witches i think is also one of their best songs completely underrated because it's the best panic of the disco album that's not a that record that is a fact i do love that record um i do love that record very much i think nearly witches maybe one of the strongest songs on the record 
which is the last one. I think just the fucking, I, I don't know. I think that song is beautiful. And I think it's like another one that like should be up there on Panic's list. Like, like a song they should still play live, for example. Um, the fact that like they still bring out a piano and play nine in the afternoon off of that album, which again, I'm a huge Panic fan. So it's hard for me to be like, Panic is underrated. It's like, they're one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah, like, so they're relax. doing fine. Yeah, uh, so fucking chill. Um, but I do think that like there are certain songs off of those three original records that aren't getting enough play. Um, and I, you know, they play uh, "Ready to Go" uh, live, and I still think that's like a re- that's a song that's still underrated. Like I still think that "Ready to Go" is one of their better singles of all of their singles. Uh, Alice says hot take I still like Pretty Odd feel like no one likes that record I have found the opposite I found a lot yeah, of people still really like of, Pretty Odd I don't like Pretty Odd too much but I found so like good. I'm in the minority when it comes to that because everyone's like yeah Pretty Odd fucking hits so it's surprising to hear that more people that you know don't like Pretty Odd that's really surprising yeah. actually I've been hearing a lot I mean I, I think I just know a lot of people that are just like I fucking love Panic at the Disco and that's it <laughs> like they released pretty odd. It's different, but it's just as good. It's like rating like, oh, rate your top uh, a Panic! of the Disco albums. It's like, well, all of them are amazing. So like, yeah, it may be like bottom of the list, but it's still better than like all this other shit that I listened to, for example. <laughs> like you have to compare your Panic! of the Disco list with every other album that you listen to, period. <laughs> so I would still put pretty odd above like a lot of other records. For me personally, like I, I do really love that record. We should do a, uh, we'll do, we'll do this maybe, maybe one day, but we'll do like a tier list of like the records by bands. Cause I think oh that'd be God. really, really maybe fun like, experiment. We're going to start fights. We're going to start good. wars. Fucking good. Uh, Lizzie, what song, uh, what song or songs do you think are grossly underrated? Um, I'm going to hit you with an EP. I think, uh, even now with your girlfriend by Fall Out Boy. <laughs> Very I don't know you're gonna go with that. It's also just like unknown in general, but I want to be like that. I also think <laughs> that um, I think I think we, I know if, the other one you're gonna say too. <laughs> I think if we looked at Evanescence too, um, their song "Whisper," because it's had like mm-hmm. a big yeah. kind of like cult following. Like when I was younger on YouTube, it was kind of like this would have been like a single because a lot of people mm-hmm. were, were really circulating and listened to it. But when mm-hmm. you tell people, they're like, what the fuck is this? This isn't like in the any of their other, like, what, four or five singles everybody just knows. Yeah. I yeah. think that is a severely underrated song. And it's, ob- and it's like one of the most beautiful songs that they have as well. Yeah. And I want to say, I'm going to be like that terrible, pretentious LimeWire kid. I down, Do I it. torrented on LimeWire. It had to be like 12 yep. or 13. No, maybe yep. younger, because I, I was in middle school. I, mean, I was, I was, I was older in than seventh you. or eighth grade. <laughs> but so I had to be the like, same time period. I had to be like 11 or 12, because I also skipped a grade. So I was way younger. <laughs> I torrented a demo of Imaginary mm-hmm. from Evanescence, mm-hmm. and it was like the most beautiful rendition of it, and my favorite. And then I may have been one of the peers that you downloaded that from. I love <laughs> our, it. Our peer-to-peer sharing network was just m- me and you trading Evanescence <laughs> demos. <laughs> it is the most beautiful one of that song and i cannot find it any fucking where anymore i cannot (laughs) find it anywhere it lives in my head red and free because i can't find it i think i uh i'd have to look through all my hard drives 
There might be a chance I have it somewhere oh, or I could find it uh, legally, legally, legally. I would find it legally. So anybody's questioning, you know, LimeWire we don't use anymore because now we don't have to. We do it all legally. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's on the recording now. So it has to be true. It has to be. Has to be true. Uh. Okay, I thought you were gonna say coffee sh coffee shop soundtrack. I think that one too. Yes. Like you always are calling them cowards for not playing it. Yeah, I call them cowards at every show I go to, and I'm <laughs> saying, "You fucking cowards, play even coffee the, shop even the ones soundtrack." They're not playing. I'll yell at it. I'll yell it at any show. I'll yell I it. I yelled it at a bands. TikTok. Somebody said coffee shop soundtrack is an underrated single, and I said, "Yes, I yelled, play it, you cowards!" At their show at the yeah. rave, and then they never absolutely the person never responded. But I just wanted people to know. And you're not welcome back to, to any all-time love shows now. No, I found three other people who did the same thing with me. And then we uh, moshed together and then I didn't see them ever again. But I hope they're doing well. <laughs> hope you're they're great very out nice there. people. Hope you're great out there. Hope you also <laughs> believe that Coffee Shop soundtrack is uh, <laughs> underrated. Uh, the chat is now arguing about the idea of a Fall Out Boy tier list. And I'm worried that... Uh, <laughs> You think I'm going to be like mean to like post hiatus yes. follow-up boy? You are correct. We'll have to get our friend Brompton from Action Adventure. Well, yeah. And James Shotwell from High Notes oh Podcast God. on here. I want to yeah. see blood. We need, we need like, uh, you know what we should do is one of those fucking YouTube videos where they ask people like difficult questions and then they sit down and they debate it for like a minute or two and then they like get back up and they're like, I believe that this is this. And then they sit down and they're like, whatever side they're on. And it's like the two sides are like people who hate post hiatus fallout boy and people who love post hiatus fallout Brian, boy. That's how you, you just ask fallout boy questions. Brian, that's called parley debate. That's the debate that I did. Yes. But it's like, it's videos that are on like a few YouTube channels that are like the exact same thing. If you're saying we can do a debate round, let's do it. I'll I'm do saying it. maybe if we ever go back to live shows, that would be something we do at a live show. If we have like debates and we're like, these are some friends of ours. What if from that's these like bands. part of like emo karaoke? Or like, all right, the opener is us and other people debating about yeah. Fall Out Boy, and then we just go into emo emo karaoke may look very different in the future. I'm just Who saying knows? it may be like the emo social club hangouts or something. It may look very different in the future. We have not discussed this because we have no idea when the fuck we're gonna be in person again. <laughs> Uh, Peter, if we do it, it would be filmed. We would have some sort of content from the show. Yes. So you wouldn't have to worry about that. We would have it on YouTube. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let beautiful content not go nowhere. You know? Oh my God. I'm not going to let this beautiful content go away for fucking nothing. You know what I'm you're saying? You're getting us, you're, you're in like the Lagoyevich. mob TikTok again that you got us on for no reason. And I was very oh God. concerned. Russian mafia TikTok. One, one video was enough and was fantastic <laughs> it was oh god i'm not gonna talk about it here it's fine we'll look back for the link and we'll send it to you if you want to see it in discord but whatever um okay i i have one more dumb question from our good friend nina and then we'll just okay. ask any other serious questions uh how many licks to the center of a tootsie pop um nina uh, I can only answer this question with saying that I can't believe you didn't take this seriously and that <laughs> you would joke around. This was a test. This was graded and you decided to uh, answer so with rudely, violence. so inappropriately. You came in uh, so 
aggressive and has treated us. And the answer is three. <laughs> the answer is three? Yes, because of the commercial. It's That's like, what I was about to say. One, I'm like, you're really just whole, copying off the commercial. A three, I think somebody counted once and they said it was like 60 something. Yeah, it's... Nina, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> well, we have uh, Fire Lord Calglow in the chat asking, yeah. best cover where the original is still really good? That's a good question. I, I, I mean, you got to lean on like the Punk Goes series, which I'm going to try not to. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to try not to. But I still think that the Umbrella cover by All Time Low that is, is top tier. That is the most superior it's top tier. cover. That is yeah, the it's a top cover. tier cover. Um, oh, damn. There are a lot of covers. I think the Michael like, Jackson uh, Fall Out Boy cover, Beat It, is also really good. That's really good. good. With John Mayer on the guitar, yeah, yeah. that's really good. Um, oh, who else has done covers? That's also a good question. I, I was just thinking, I'm like, wait, what other people have done yeah. covers? And like the like original said, song wanna... is good. Yeah, because I can go uh, and like listen to both both versions of Umbrellas, no problem. No, Alice, we are never bringing up the MG, MGK cover no. ever again. That is cursed. That is cursed content. Um, the Breathe Carolina cover of See You Again is pretty good. Oh my god, that's a that's a punkos that's like, a punkos pop one. You tapped into that. That's throwing me. Um, Hands Like Houses torn cover from Punkos nineties two. Uh, I think that one's really good. Like I'm I'm literally on a BuzzFeed article of like. Uh, 15 pop punk covers. Oh, no, I know what it is. I know exactly what this answer uh -oh. is. Uh, the A Day to Remember cover of Since You've Been Gone. That is the answer. That's my definitive, that's the definitive answer. That's your final, um, your final answer, Ryan? My final answer, yeah. Okay. Because okay. the, uh, if the question is the original is still really good, I think that Since You've Been Gone is one of the greatest pop songs of that decade of like 2000 to 2010. Of that decade, since you've been gone, is probably the greatest pop song that was released in that ten-year span, like bar none. Amazing song. I think a day to remember covering it didn't take anything away from the original. Added like the the punk goes pop cover style of it, uh, and made it just very good. I, I think it just it added a little bit of that day to remember side. It took nothing away from the original. It didn't like ruin it for them they had a very good success off that song so i yeah i definitely I, I think that is my definitive final answer on that question it's solid yeah it's solid and a lot of the punk goes pop records like i was i was a big fan of those for a while there and then they started to put on a bunch of bands covering a bunch of songs i've never heard yeah some of the, like, the, some no of the bands you. i'm like who the fuck is this and then i was like yeah. what the fuck song is this and then they just they keep bringing back like mayday parade and i'm like mayday parade i love you stop listen jamie all over chill jamie oliver jamie oliver chill jamie oliver chill um do we have any other questions Yes, I have another one. Do, 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 do. Let me pop it up again. Okay, this one's from our friend Renee. Is it okay to listen to music by canceled artists, which we talk a lot about in like the DJ stream and like earlier mm -hmm. um, 
last year we had a lot of convos about it because that's kind of when yeah. there was a surge of bands being canceled it felt it felt yes. like it happened for like a month straight honestly it was very wearing yeah um you want to take this one first sure we've given our opinions our opinions are on the records this will be like yeah. more of a like official like we talked about it on dj streams like lizzie said but you know it's a lot going on it's not really there for these conversations yeah, but this is let's take this conversation let's give our definitive answer on these uh on this issue and i think it's also like things have changed big time and like also this just the climate of like online like call out and accountability culture has changed so drastically since this last mm. year too that i think a lot of people are starting to reform their opinions of what is like considered safe and okay now yeah um for what it's worth i will tell you aiden was one of my most favorite bands ever but the mm. lead singer william control is like in a huge piece of shit and it's mm -hmm. been like validated with pictures and like a whole Tumblr blog of these, you know, poor girls who are branded by him and just a bunch of fucked up shit. And I remember it coming out when I was younger, but I didn't I really wasn't in like band culture other than being like on Tumblr and being like, I like this band. This is edgy. Like, that's cool. I wasn't in the community. So I it kind of went over my head and it didn't really affect me too much. And I didn't know any better because I was like 15, 16 years old being like, bands are cool. And I feel this in my soul. And <laughs> but then like this came out a few years ago. All press did like a big expose on it um, where they actually kind of more defended him. But then everybody else, all the counter um, arguments and like documentation and evidence showed that he was like, a huge piece of shit. And that like mm -hmm. killed me because that was a band that had got me through so much. And I had to like be like, I can't in good faith, like listen to this anymore knowing that like this person has done these terrible acts and i don't know i mm -hmm. hope he's still not doing it but knowing that could be a possibility i can't support yeah. that i mean i do still have i have um nightmare anatomy on a special pink variant bubblegum pink vinyl because i was like this is an album i want to listen to all my life and i still can't bring myself to listen to it no to know that that person took advantage of their position and power and did that to a bunch of people and, you know, traumatize and hurt those people. And I think it's the same too, because he's the writer, the main writer and singer for Aiden. So for me to be like, okay, you're sharing your experiences. That's really hard. Whereas I feel now, if you were like a guitarist in a band, but maybe you weren't like super involved in like the writing process or like these aren't like you writing these songs. Like we all know like Pete Wentz writes a good amount of like Fall Out Boy's lyrics. Okay. Yeah. And it would like crush everybody if it came out like Pete Wentz was a piece of shit. And it would be really hard to not listen to those um, like songs anymore. But if it's like a band where, you know, maybe those other members who aren't the lead singer or whoever is the main person writing had that accusation against them they were kicked out and then they were able to kind of alleviate and do to like help alleviate the situation and do damage control well enough and say hey we're taking accountability we're doing xyz this person isn't here anymore this person is taking accountability for their actions you know and everything down the line i think mm. that would make it okay but it does make it kind of shisty especially if they're like oh hey like this didn't happen or like they own up to what had happened but then they like bounce back immediately and act like nothing happened. That's a problem. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of bands do that. We've seen a lot of bands. I think Tiny Moving Parts is arguably, which is it's obviously, it's very arguable with a lot of people, depending on who you talk to. And 
the pop punk and DIY and emo scene across the board. It gets very messy. Don't engage in it. It's bad. This Don't is my discourse. Don't do that. Stay off, stay off social media except to like and parts, subscribe to us. I think us. it was like their drummer bassist, somebody had sexual assault allegations against them and mm. they pretty much posted like, I acknowledge what I did. It's very bad. I'm fixing my shit. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was like right after their latest album came out too so it was during an album cycle and so it was kind of like a good timing because you don't usually do one album right after the other so they've been pretty Hmm. quiet so they didn't try to bounce back and from what i've known like the person in question was like showing that they were being accountable but also like keeping it quiet and not like really trying to be like oh hey guess what i'm just gonna move on like nothing happened i think that's like the correct step to do it Whereas there's bands who are saying, oh, hey, I just kicked out the member. Okay, we're going to go quiet for a few months. Oh, hey, by the way, we have all this new shit coming out. And then don't really do damage control or anything like that. That's when it's a problem. And that's when I feel like you shouldn't listen to it. Just because if your morals and ethics and values don't align with that, then you might not. It might not feel the same way when you're listening to it emotionally, mentally for you. And it could. I mean, everyone's different. But for me personally, that's when I would be like, I can't do listen to that anymore in good faith. And I know for me, I actually talked with one of my friends. His favorite band is Pine Grove. And that's something we've we've gotten to heated arguments at work about it <laughs> to the point where like our friends have to interview and be like, all right, everyone's got to cool the fuck down because yeah. he loves Pine Grove. And I understand why he loves Pine Grove because it's like, hey, this is like a really impactful band for me. And we talked about it. And now, you know, I was like, I understand, I understand why you have that. But for me, I still couldn't personally support somebody like that because I've been in a similar situation. But I also understand, like, you don't have other bands that you so heavily have kind of like latched onto or like relied upon Mm -hmm. for that, like emotional, like not reassurance, but that emotional latching to. So I could Mm -hmm. understand why he's like that. And I can kind of understand why some people in the majority of the public also see it that way but i also know that like it's just like a huge indie like boy club culture too that plays (laughs) into it in the long run so that's a whole nother thing but i think you can i think you can listen to canceled music if it was like you know somebody who's not the main person articulating what's going out but Mm. if you know again i can't listen to my favorite one of my favorite bands like they were like my top three favorite bands until that happened and i can't really indulge in it anymore just because i feel bad personally but it all depends person to person because there's some people who are like fuck it like brand new let's go and i'm like yeah let's let's not do that my guy but again it's person to person and there are even some like emo nights not us at least who play brand new still and I've seen people like give backlash about it. I actually posted a TikTok and it was like a blind react. And they came on with brand new. And I put in like the subtitle. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? This is bad vibes. This is a canceled band. We don't support abusers here. And it got significantly less likes, but it got the equal amount of views that another one did. And I was <sighs> like, okay, so I see where we are here. And I mean, again, yeah. there's a lot of different, there's different varieties of people on all these different social apps too. So Twitter's yeah. going to be more community based and TikTok's just going to be like, I'm just trying to pass the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, 
first of all, I, I think we've talked about it a number of times. I don't believe in cancel culture. I am okay with call out culture. Uh, I do not subscribe to the idea that you remove someone from your community. Um, I do believe that you can call out wrongdoings by people and address those and you address those as a community. Uh, if you see that there is a pervasive issue that is happening within your community with many people, you can call all of them out, call out the issue and make changes to the way your community operates to fix and try to solve this sort of systemic issue within the culture around uh, these bands, these these artists, certain people that are able to take advantage of their platform and do wrong upon other people. So that's where I stand as far as like, quote unquote, cancel culture. I don't really believe that canceling a band does any value to anyone, victims or the uh, the accused or the fans of or anybody else. The only thing that is there is the hope that they will be able to fix the issue and solve it, which maybe there is no resolution. There are people that are fucking way worse than other people, and there are levels to this. There are different experiences that are, are you know, more extreme shit needs to be pursued by the law. Like, I think <laughs> more- it's a- across the board, regardless of whoever you talk to, we will never, nobody will ever listen to Lost Profits again. No, Lost no. Profits is, is that a... That is across and, the board. That's the one band we can all agree on. Forever yes. canceled, shield, shoved in the basement, yes. and burnt. That's it. Now, Midsummer speaking style. on that, they were one of my favorite bands for a long while there. I really liked Lost Profits. I saw them multiple times. I enjoyed every show. I I absolutely loved it. Um, hearing that news was like, oh, you're done. Like I can't hear that song without immediately going to like the awful shit that person has done. And for me, that is a personal choice that I choose to say that this song causes this sort of feeling in me and I don't want to have that feeling so I won't get it for myself, you know? Um, If I were to play something, you know, as DJs playing songs for people, is like if I were to put that song on a playlist and play it for somebody and they thought that and that triggered something for them, I would also be upset. I don't want to cause harm to other people through unintentionally playing a song that that triggers that with them. To me, that that seems like a loss. That seems like unnecessary. You could just not play the fucking song. If somebody says, I still really love that song uh, and I listen to it on my own and I sometimes play with my friends and whatever, do you. I, I am not going to be upset that you do that. Uh, we had a, I, 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 I think, I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast with him. I think we did. Uh, but Adam Siska had a really good take on it where he being friends with members of brand new, mostly everybody besides Jesse Lacey, the singer, uh, who was the one who was accused. And the reason, like you said, like if it's the singer, if it's the writer, you know, you got a different opinion there. Um, him being friends with the rest of the band, three members of a band that, went from you know releasing their last record we're about to to end the end the run anyway like just say hey brand new's done anyway uh and then all this shit comes out and they are directly affected by his behavior he of course felt bad for them and he supports them who worked on the other three quarters of every song they ever wrote um potentially i don't want to don't quote me my math this is not a math podcast no we can't um, do math here 
So he played it at one of our nights and it was very like, uh, it was a, it was kind of a dead night. Like everybody left after we played and then he was DJing like a room of like 20 people. And I was like, nah, it, no big deal. No harm, no foul. Um, but we, uh, I, 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 he was playing it there and I was like, Oh, I don't know. But I like talked to him about it. I'm like, Hey, like, it's interesting. Like, you know, a lot of these nights won't play, um, won't play any of this kind of stuff because of that. And so he told me all that there. And I think we talked about it on the podcast episode after that. Um, but it basically was like, I, I'm not, I w- I'm happy to have a conversation about it with people if they feel like you shouldn't and explain like that there are levels to the shit. There are layers to this shit. There are people who are going to believe and people who are not going to believe. And you just need to keep having that conversation about it. And I certainly think that like, Jesse Lacey has done nothing to heal his image, to repair his image, has done nothing publicly to uh, to say that he wants to fix his image. Uh, I think that's very telling about him. And I think that's a reason that people won't listen to brand new. Um, or it's, you know, I, I actually was driving home uh, one night and I had just Spotify on shuffle for emo songs and a brand new song came on. I'm like, let me just sit with this for a minute. Let me just hear it. Let me just experience this. I'm, you know, it's just me. Nobody else has to have an opinion on this. It can just be my opinion. Let me sit with this. And I, you know, I felt okay listening to it. I didn't feel bothered by it in the same way. If like Lost Province came on and be like, ah, I can't, I can't do yeah. it. Even by myself, even, even just sitting there, the only person hearing the song is me. I can't do it. Uh, but brand new, I don't know if I feel that way. And time will tell how we feel as this stuff goes on as to whether or not it still remains that way. I think it very much is a media pushed thing. I think it's very much it, it, in many ways, it's supposed to be reported on. You're supposed to have good reporting on these things. Um, people should have a platform to speak their side, to tell their side of the story. People can make their decision on that as they choose. Um, so I feel like the conversation just continues and we see where it goes and everybody makes the choice for themselves. Uh, if you don't like it, and you don't want to listen to it and you disagree with what they did uh as you know i think with most things is like support the victims be there to support them who went through this traumatic uh ordeal i think that you can just kind of do that like you don't have to be on the internet trying to force everyone to stop listening to people i don't think you need to be an asshole to the people i don't i think you know there are systems in place here that like you know, a record label will drop them. Uh, 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 people will stop distributing their records. People will stop giving them money from their side. Um, they won't take their shit off Spotify. R. Kelly's still on Spotify. Yeah, but- so like, you know, it's it's not as though these things are going to be stopped in certain ways, but certainly there are repercussions for their actions that will happen from people that are not just like you creating this, this thing on Twitter, <laughs> like to hate them. Um, I don't know. It, it to me, it just seems very much like you're wasting your own breath, and you don't need to like do what you need to do for you. Support victims. Support people in your own communities that have had those traumas. Hold people accountable within your communities, especially men, especially people in bands. Hold people accountable in your communities. Like we got to do that shit. And I think that's um, I think that's where I would leave it. Is like. Just, just let people do it. We, we still won't play them at our DJ nights. We still won't make it a thing at our DJ nights because we are obviously 
creating a a musical like experience for people we are creating that and i don't personally believe that the there's much value in playing a band that people have had uh, a traumatic experience with so it's like we just we'll play other bands and, and also if from the flip side looking at it as like a business model i actually had a conversation with one of the kids i mentor uh one of my radio kids and they had asked about well what if i they had they took over my old music radio show at my college station and they had asked hey what would you you know recommend or suggest if i had an artist who i know personally and they are republican and voted for trump but they don't put that out on their you know banner music <laughs> social media and i yeah. said well personally I wouldn't do that because I don't have similar aligning views. And I feel like if I were to interview them, it wouldn't go well, no matter how yeah. well-versed I think that I am in interviewing and being professional. But at the same time, it's like, think of it from a business press perspective. If you have this person on and say like something happens like a year down the line or whatever, and it comes out that they are, you know, Trump supporter, all lives matter, some, some bullshit like that. And <laughs> you know, people associate you with them and that you are still mm -hmm. talking with them or working with them. And then you're going to lose press opportunities. You're going to lose potential gigs and jobs. You're going to lose credibility. And I yeah. told them that and I said, listen, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you, you know, this is on you, but let's be realistic. This is what you want to go in and this is your job. You're going to have to play by the rules. You're going to have to play ball and you're going to have to realize the repercussions from supporting this within a music community, at least in Chicago, that is very yeah. progressive, very open-minded, and nobody's going to take that type yeah. of bullshit just to be blunt, you know, blunt with it. Um, uh. I'm like, if you want to be risky and do that, you can do that. Do I say it's a great thing? No. I'm saying you should do what you feel is right. True. Uh, Lindsay in chat, my choice with music is I got to like the people as much as I like their music. I think that's definitely how people feel. It's like, if I don't like the people, I can't like the music. Um, example, Cradle of Filth, UK, Death, Goth, Scream Metal. I no longer crave that genre of music, but I have nothing but good to say about the guys and their showmanship. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I Aiden was a band that I saw and was like, I'm good with them. Like, I like them. And then I met Will outside of a show and he was super nice to me as just a fan. And I'm like, wow, what a nice guy. I can't stand this music, but it's fine that he's a nice guy. And now I'm like into it. And then I'm like, oh, he's not so nice no more. Uh, Fire Lord Calglow. I still listen to Brand New because they were that band and my private listening offers them no money or promotion. I won't listen to them publicly or wear shirts, basically anything that gives them money, platform or promotion. The money is definitely a side of it. I think that a lot of people yeah. have said, um, you know, free market capitalism, which we love. Uh, we would say, you know, I don't want to support them with my wallet. And I mean, we, we know that Spotify and, and stuff doesn't really give you a lot of money. Uh, it gives money to the record label, which, you know, I'm sure they're not mad that their music is still up on Spotify. <laughs> like, yeah. They're fine with making it. Um, there is no ethical consumption, we've said in the chat again, and we'll say it again forever. Uh, yeah, it's it, there is no... The money that's going there is is negligible. Is It's not really important. Like, buying a shirt buying merch that is something that you're you're spending your wallet to show them that you support them and in certain ways using your money for those things is to show that you support whatever they've done and so that is certainly 
um a way that a lot of people are speaking and i think that's why a lot of people are saying cancel is like we don't want you to give them any money or create any value from their actions and i do agree with that that they should lose their opportunity to create value out of their actions and choices but i don't believe that like if they're on a label that's the label's choice that, yeah. that ends up being taken as a choice away from the band um they can quit they can be dropped they can do other things like that but um it ends up being a label choice just from a purely business standpoint if they're an independent artist that's when your wallet becomes uh more powerful because a spotify stream or streaming them on spotify pays them a lot more especially if they have a lot of streams uh and there there is some value to being like yo stop listening to this band like they're they're having too much attention and they're gonna get tours and they're gonna be able to travel and go places and cause the same similar harm depending on what it is let's putting a, a vague like thing on that or like a broad you know thing on that because it's like we don't know necessarily what we're talking about here as far as like which band was canceled for what reasons um but in in many ways it's like the wallet that you have is going to be creating uh the sense of like whether or not you support that band but i would agree it's like just just keep the money don't give it to them i think that that's a really good way of like kind of um i think that's a, a good way of just like saying for yourself like this is or this is not a band that i will care about and how i will support them is is in this way and not in this way yeah, I I have a friend who her favorite band was brand new, and when uh, the whole J.C. Lacey thing happened, she flipped out. And I talked to her maybe like a year after that, and she had said, you know, I listen in private. Um, I don't wear the shirts anymore. I got rid of them, but I'll listen to them. But like, you know, not on Spotify. She'll listen to them whatever way that you know on CDs that she has or however she can access that music without giving them any streaming or like money back. And I think that yeah. that's fine I, yeah. because, you know, you're doing it to where, you know, you again, like Brian said, you cut off the money revenue. It's just whatever you've already purchased in the past, because I'm guessing a lot of these people have purchased, you know, CDs or something like, you know, 10 or so years ago, whatever it yeah. is. So they they've already done it before anyone really knew what was going on. And I think mm -hmm. that that's fine. So yeah. I also understand that at the same time. Stuff. I like I like answering questions like this because we get a little bit more of an opportunity to talk about like ourselves and our feelings on these things. And, maybe and you'll I, like us. Maybe you'll like who we are. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. I don't know. Maybe I'll you thought that whole take was bad. Maybe you. Yeah. Maybe you thought that my business side was just very bad altogether. But no, I'm going to tell look, you how business works, guys. Because it is value. Uh it is value uh, judgment based on your money. Like that just is like, you're going to get different business choices and that's the choice of the person that's doing business with you. It's not something that you like, you can say is a, is a value judgment that you get to choose. It's just, it is. Um, uh, Brian, when would you like to post hiatus, follow up boy and Lizzie, why is he wrong? I just don't like it. I have listened to it plenty of times and it's just, it doesn't hit me in the same way. There's a lot of, there's a lot of music I don't like. And I just, I, I what I usually say is, I just don't like this music like uh, okay whatever and i move on um i don't think brian has any like anger towards it i just don't think he likes it 
Yeah, it's That's it's it. literally just I don't like it. I I heard Young and Menace and I said, "What the fuck are you doing?" That is like that is where I like kind of drew a line with like post hiatus Fall Out Boy. Uh Save Rock and Roll, I listened to a bunch of times. And then eventually I just like started to like listen like a little bit more intently for myself and I said, "Oh, I don't like this." <laughs> like that's that's it. It's where it came to. I was like, "Oh, wait, I don't." I thought that Courtney Love uh feature was bad. Uh, I thought the Big Sean feature was bad. Wow. I thought uh Last of the Real Ones is a bad song. That's a bad. That's uh, a terrible take. I thought um Al- Alone Together is okay. It's a good song, but that and like Young Volcanoes got like way too mainstream play that I couldn't yeah. listen to it and be like, I really like this song. Like I have to, I had to skip that song yeah. for a really long time. And I'm like, I like this song. I just have heard it way too fucking yeah. much. You know what I thought it was? And I think, okay, here's an actual, like, I, like, I know Peter, that was your joke question and I'll answer everything else too. Um, I will give, I will give my, my, Fuel by Ramen feelings here. Oh. So Fuel by Ramen in like the late 2000s, like 2008, 2009, going into 2010, um, they had a lot of big bands like Cobra putting out like pop songs. They had Gym Class Heroes putting out pop songs. Fall Out Boy was, I believe, on hiatus. A little bit of panic, a little bit of panic in the disco in those, in that era, putting out songs that all sounded like mid-tempo boring radio pop a lot of it like a lot of cobra starship around that era is like some of the worst cobra starship stuff a band that i don't really like that much i don't generally like cobra starship um now i think we can look back and go hell yeah that those are like nostalgia songs but like at the time i'm like this is boring and gym class heroes was boring like older gym class heroes was so good it's like what happened why did you why did you change to this? And it ended up being like kind of like pop music at that time, especially like rock pop or like Fuel by Ramen bands, which is like kind of boring at that time. And I think what happened in post hiatus Fall Out Boy is that there was another shift to another like type of pop music, which ended up being like arena, like sports arena. Yeah. Like, hey, play this before you go to commercial at a, at a baseball game. And I'm like, oh, that's what you're doing. And Panic! at the Disco did it and other bands were doing it too like you're just writing for this this is the venue you're writing for now and so i just went no it's not for me because a fuck sports and b what is a sport and then three um why are you writing music for sports like why are you like why is it write the music and it should now yeah like it could just be played there you don't have to write music for that venue but i do feel like fall boy has written more music that fits at that kind of a venue than writing music that is just music that is getting played at that venue. You know, like if you can throw to commercial to sugar, we're going down. You don't have to write a fucking anth- a- a arena anthem. <laughs> oh, I should have never agreed more knows. with Brian this much when he said fuck sports. <laughs> Listen, the uh, only that's time my... I gave two shits about sports was when Fall Out Boy came back to Riot Fest and they had the Stanley Cup on stage for, because mm-hmm. the Blackhawks won. I texted yes, my that mom was cool. because and my mom and my brothers because they're big 
sports ball fans, sports puck fans. And I said, guess what sports I'm looking puck. at right now. And then that's the yeah. last time I gave a shit at all. Oh, yeah. And then we had yeah, like. Um, absolutely. Oh, and then I only gave a shit. I was working um, Cubs opening day uh, yeah. last year. No, two years ago now. And this yeah. dude comes up to me. He's like, oh, do you have. He's like, oh, have you seen one of the World Series rings? I'm like, oh, I've just seen it on TV. Whatever. I don't really give a shit. And he's like, oh, I wanted the owners here. Hold out your hand and put the ring on my finger. And I was like, oh, okay. shit, this is a lot okay. of money on my hand right now. OK. And then yeah, that was Lizzie's the only time got... I gave a shit. And then that's that's it. That's literally it. <laughs> Alice, Lizzie does like Chicago winners. And I uh, like I was raised in a Cubs household. I had to like the Cubs. And the, so we were, the we night were the Cubs Sox, won the South series household. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we were north side, so there you go. Uh, I went to um, I went to the the I went to Wrigley Field, like the streets outside of Wrigley Field, when they won the. That's thing. dangerous. That was dangerous. Oh, it was it was wild, dude. It was <laughs> a good time. We were at a we were at a bar, uh, and then randomly Chance the Rapper came into the bar. It's like a really small bar, but he lives like down the street and Chance the Rapper came in and we were like, holy shit, this night's epic. And then they won and we're like, we gotta get down. We gotta go there. We gotta get over there. And we took the train and got in. Um. Anyway, enough about sports. This is not the emo this sports club. This is not club. a sports ball. I couldn't tell you anything more about sports ball. Yeah, that's literally it. Uh, Firelord Calglow, is there any non-US or non-UK bands of choice at the moment? Um, I like uh, Nova Twins a lot. Where's Nova Twins from? UK. Well, non-UK. Oh, non-UK? Non-US and non-UK. Oh. Um, I listen to I really a lot like, of Japanese bands. I like Within Temptation a lot. They just released another um, album. Mm. I've always I've always liked Within Temptation, though. Like, that's never been yeah. something Yeah. They're Italian, for me. right? No, they're... Um, <laughs> one of the dutch nations i think one of the dutch nations one of them you mean you mean the netherlands yeah the netherlands i couldn't think i'm like not all norway right. i was like it starts with an n i don't remember what it is the netherlands the netherlands all right someone in chat might correct you right there uh spirit box is canadian i'm trying to think like non-english bands or non non-english oh, i really bands. like this is a mexican band descartes says can't they do mm -hmm. like this really theatrical. It it like sounds like Emily Autumn. If you know who Emily Autumn is, okay. it's like that. But they sing in English too and Spanish, and it's very like theatrical, like early two thousands. Like I'm gonna like girl power, and I'm gonna like kill my husband and like dispel all of these anti feminist things. Which I'm like, that's a vibe. That's a vibe. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um. God, yeah, binary, I listen to a lot Eskimo of cowboy being German is such that just Eskimo cowboy everything. is German. That explains yeah. everything. Tokyo they Hotel, very German. Tokyo Hotel is also German. Um, but no to Tokyo Hotel. Just overall a no on Tokyo Hotel. Wow. I'd rather I'd rather live in a Tokyo hotel than ever listen to Tokyo Hotel. Um, there is a band from Japan called. I, I can only imagine that I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, but Probably. I believe it's Soku, Soku Ninaru, which is uh, like this very weird, like sort of like a fall of Troy type band where like the guitar and the bass and the drums are just like fucking wild. But 
they fucking shred and they write these like crazy riffs and they are able to play all of it live and i i I was like i get like random videos on instagram from them and just they're like posting like them playing in their rehearsal studio and they, they just fucking crush so i i've been into them for a while they they come up here and there I did they find, haven't done much since they you I know, did find camp. on Bandcamp I got like this rec- this wreck and I'll have to like put it in our um show notes here because I don't remember what it is I'd have to look in my Bandcamp and it was like a compilation of all these German pop punk bands oh my god oh my it god so yeah sick and it's like four volumes a, of them we had like a European label sending us some like French and German pop punk bands for a while there I mean they were good but we were just kind of like yeah. how do we how do we do this? Because at that time, we do we were them? doing everything virtually, so now we could. Yeah. Because um, some of those bands were actually really good. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, Alice, what's y'all's favorite thing about doing the podcast? I mean, the podcast grew like quite a bit in the last year, as everything that's been online has. Like, if you are consistent with it, so like for the most part, our consistency of doing it over the past year has really helped. Um, I would say one of the things I've enjoyed the most is just meeting like all these really cool people <laughs> that have been on. Um, it certainly is more interesting being able to have people on that we don't know and talking to them about their music and them being nice people. Like we talked with, uh, RB Rowe last week of like, you know, Hey, nice people. Like that's all it is. Like just support nice people. And I think we've been very fortunate that our guests have always just been like super nice, super friendly. Um, we've also valued like talking to people from different as like not only bands, but like uh, other podcasters, people who do behind the scenes work, um, people in just different perspectives on music, um, people who've worked for Riot Fest, uh, Mo, people who've talked for, or uh, people who just have these like different placements in different parts of the scene so it's not always just about the band the band it's about like some behind the scenes stuff too i think that's really cool yeah i know i've always liked to do like extra things like this and like talk to people um and like just kind of do band interviews and like press and promo that stuff is like really fun to me and i think doing this podcast has been able to kind of like allow me to do more of those avenues where i couldn't have done them as much whether in my classes or at work and it's Mm. like oh i can flex my creativity here because it's you know our own project i don't have any really limitations other than like whatever is happening with me and my life or whatever is going on with the pod that would be limiting it which is hardly ever really anything to say it's been something that you know i can put on my resume and say hey i know how to do all these things and i've been doing it and i've you know still been interviewing people and like going out and reporting on things and writing and doing all the social media promotion and they're like oh that adds to your job resume which if any of you know at this point i'm very career minded <laughs> and like job centric in my everything my is life. your resume everything everything is my you resume. do is your resume so anything that you can say i've done this is technically yes. your resume keep that in mind and it doesn't have to be for a job it could just be for literally anything yeah and that's just Lizzie um, breathes career. I do. <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, I, I think just with that, it's done a lot more for me. And also like, cause I used to be so terrified to like talk to people to the point where I would actually start crying. Um, when people would actually, I didn't know would come up and talk to me. My first <laughs> job interview, 
my dad took me because I also didn't get my license. So I was 23. Oh my so God. A whole another thing. So oh my, my dad God. took me to interview at Caribou Coffee. It was open interview. And I was talking with the manager and I was so anxious. I also had like severe social anxiety. That's why I cried all the time. I didn't know what that was like <laughs> at the time. So it's fine. It's fixed. Right. Kind of course not. Yeah. But I, I just started crying and I like did the interview and I did it well enough to get hired. But I was hyperventilating and crying because I didn't know mm. this person and I was so scared and anxious to like talk to people i used to be so introverted i had like maybe three friends and i had issues making friends and now it's like <laughs> oh my god i can go up to people can't ask out a guy without leaving the scene immediately but i can do everything else and that's what matters seriously <laughs> uh yeah now you're like in charge of some shit Alice is like, now cult. she runs a cult yeah it's it's practice it's again resume builder like being able to talk to new people is like maybe not something you would write down on an actual resume and be like, hello, I can speak. It's more like, um, you know, just something that like you can build on for your own experiences. And I think like this as an outlet is still like, let's like, let's, let's, you know, work on ourselves and let's work on our passion. Like uh, Alice mentioned that too in the chat. It's like, it's, this is our passion. This is our, like, we love music. We love talking about music. We love meeting bands. We like talking about bands Lizzie has a full-on radio background. She took classes on this. I'm almost Brought done, nothing guys. to the podcast. When, <laughs> guys, I finished my whole ass master's degree and like, I think by the end of March. And then I'll just have to have a big like virtual rager for it. <laughs> then I'm going to be like, what the fuck do I do? Now I have to pay student loan. <laughs> Seriously. Um, okay, we will we'll do Peter's question last. Before we move on, I do want to catch um, Lindsay's question here of how did you get past that? Uh, um, the anxiety being oh being terrified all the time i i just had to like work <laughs> with people like because i was customer service and a barista and i had to like talk with people my biggest thing and i told one of my therapists this and he's like i don't know if that's a gr the greatest thing but okay i still freak uh -oh. out <laughs> i still like freak out a lot so like um when i started at the job i had now it's very high stress and it's very like mm -hmm. you always got to be going and something crazy can happen anytime you have to be like super adaptable and something had happened and I didn't know the new tech that we had just gotten in. Nobody was really trained on it. So that's also like a problem that was back then and it's fine now. Yeah. But I was like freaking out and I was doing what I needed to do. But I started crying because I was so overwhelmed and like was freaking out. And my my editor was like, are you OK? I'm like, I'm fine. This is just my normal reaction when I get way too <laughs> overwhelmed and I cannot deal with yeah. it. And he, they were like okay everyone handles it differently and i said all right yeah. good i found a place i can be accepted but when i was younger i um just i try to like read online there a lot and to like do research on like calming mechanism and coping techniques so i did a lot of like grounding so even now like i i carry around all my bags and purses have a little uh stuff plushy on it or like i have a little stuffed animal with me in my bag like a small portable like baby one that you get in like you're in like the checkout and you're like oh that's like a little cute little sure. beanie baby thing and i have it with me because sometimes <laughs> i just freak out so much like just from being around people still um yeah. and i just internalize it really really well that i just start squeezing it because it'll help me settle down and feel better but i found a lot of more techniques actually like not to be that person but i'm gonna be that person uh -oh. i took that uh -oh. one psychology class and i was like oh my god i'm anxious and then i was like how the fuck do i yeah. deal with it and yeah. then um i did that i went to counseling through my colleges if you are in college 
your school probably has like free or like super affordable uh, therapy and counseling sessions. So reach out and do that. I did that at every single college that I went to for the most part. Um, and that's sick. So I would definitely look into that. And then I also ended up taking almost enough psychology classes after the fact to f- figure out how to like handle myself at that point in time because mm. I wasn't seeing it really seeing a therapist regularly to help things move along progressively um that I almost got a psychology minor so <laughs> yeah so and that. then I just I just kind of like I, I had to force myself to like talk to people and then honestly I went into um I did when I transferred to my undergraduate institution I said you know what would be a fun class as my fun class not like the required ones i was like i'm gonna take a debate class and i oh was like God, yeah and then i was still terrified talk talking to people. the whole time and i had to just like get up and start like talking in front of people and then like yelling at people for 45 minutes and that really helped <laughs> with <laughs> overcoming a lot of things at that point so i always yeah. tell people if you're really scared or like really scared of presenting in front of people or talking in front of people or talking to people always do like speech or debate because like you you would force you could force mm. especially if you like the team that i was on all of them were like really unnecessarily competitive i'm like y'all i thought y'all this is college this is yeah. college i need you to chill <laughs> um but the, like that's just how it was so like you always had to be on your a game and like you just had to know and you had to like talk to people and be conversational but they also understood like when you had to be quiet and reserved for yourself and that also helped me a lot to feel like not super weird to be honest <laughs> Uh, master students patient apparently i internalized in a pure calm but i'm a wreck inside I, I, this is that this is that community <laughs> this yeah, is that. that's, that's, us. that's all of us basically also, yeah it's also yes peter you get to yell my debate coach <laughs> he used to be like a really re- like kind of world re- not like world renowned but he was like very respected in the community and when he he did a debate when we were in arkansas because they allowed adults to do it which is like unheard of. You only do it for your first four years of college pretty much. And then you're done. Then you're just a coach forever. He did it. He gets red in the face and he starts like yelling and like popping up. And it's completely acceptable. As long as you're not like calling the other person any derogatory words and you're not like attacking them as a person and you're not using hate speech, go off, go off, (laughs) sis. The judges like that. As somebody who has judged kids doing it, I like that shit. I like that shit. I like that. All shit. right. Uh, let's answer Peter's question. That'll be our last one. And then we're going to get into our emo band rock radio tier list. Oh God. I think it's going to be so much fun. Uh, if you're listening to the recording part of this, that is a thing we're going to do on Twitch. Uh, so make sure to join us on Twitch uh, for these podcast episodes. Cause we might do fun stuff. We might keep this as a thing if it goes well tonight. So you never know. Uh, okay. Peter, your question What's your favorite original song that's not specifically for an album, and why is it Blue Rabbit's Fucking from Patrick Stump? <laughs> um, nowadays, like, like I think this is like a weird, it's a weird question because there are so many people that are just releasing like singles, and then those singles end up becoming part of a record. Um, there was like Enter Shikari is a, is a band that like kind of just a little going back a little bit into the past is a band that um 
they release an album and then they always have multiple singles that are released between that album and the next album. And I think they always took that as an opportunity to experiment with new sounds, try new things, have some new things to play on the road, like more stuff to advertise. Like uh, I think destabilize was like one of their biggest hits and it's a, it's a single, like it's not, it's not on any of their albums. Um, But if you're saying like, like, an artist recorded like a b-side or something and it's not on the album or they released it and it's like in that era and it's not from the record um one song that i always go back to is funny enough rabbits uh rabbits are roadkill on route 37 by afi which was a december underground b-side uh i could only find a live version of it for so long until they finally put it out as its own like song like the real recorded version of it it's a super catchy afi tune it is real catchy and like if you know that december the december underground vibe like that's a good vibe that's a top afi vibe that's sort of like wearing all white sort of like winter mysterious rabbit sort of thing like i dig it i dig that one a lot i have to go with um kill all your friends by my chemical romance yeah yeah um, b-side from black parade um that is like those three songs are yeah that's a top tier song that's like one of my favorite my chemical romance songs Mm -hmm. and i think um i mean i i because i was in like that mcr kind of like fan not like super fan like i never got into like when people got like fucking weird with like wasis which they're starting to bring that back i don't like any of that like that's we left that. No. We left that. We it's left in that. The we left that. View mirror and it's dead. It's roadkill. It's roadkill. It's, <laughs> right, it's a roadkill. It's on, 37, bro. It's on fire. It's on fire now. And yeah. um, when I, I know I like said to a couple of people before, I'm like, oh, I really like kill all your friends. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like oh, that's a, songs. <laughs> what a song. What a fucking song. <laughs> what a fucking song. Yeah. Um, I did yell at them at the show. I was like, play kill all your friends, you cowards. And somebody's God, like, what? God, God, stop like, calling these bands you cowards. cowards. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody just hears you in the audience. I did that to Fall Out Boy at Wintour at United Center. I said, play Chicago so two years ago, you cowards. And they did. And yeah. then I cried. Well, was, and then my, fi- my that friend was on their filmed set me list. crying. <laughs> she still has that That was that definitely video. on the set list. Um, yeah. Okay. No wait, we have one more. We have a fun question, real quick, if we can. Oh, okay, from our, fine. It was from our um our podcast Instagram. Fine, we'll let it happen. Yes, from Baby Bear underscore uh zero zero seven, and said, if you had a superpower, which one would you have? I've always said flight. I want to fly. I want to get places, and I want to be alone up there in the sky. <laughs> Nobody else can have it. It's only me. If anybody wow, else can fly, okay. I want. I'll give it. I'll give it back. That was going to be my answer is flyer transporting because like if you like mind read, then you're like always like taking uh, I don't want mind reading. Yeah. And then like, no, you that's... hear things you don't like. If you're an anxious person, yeah. that's the last fucking thing. No, 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 no. Yeah, actually, binary has a good point. Telekinesis can give you flight. I would be Magneto. I just fucking be Magneto. That would be my superpower. And then or I would, like, and then I would go, literally. If we're gonna go like Avatar less Airbender because like I'm definitely like a not. Firebender vibe. Like that'd be my superpower because that'd be kind of sick. Because I also I'm scared to light a match because I'm scared of like burning myself. But that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to walk into any room with Magneto powers and then just tell everybody where are the future Charles, not them, and that's it. 
the ability to learn things retain information in seconds yeah, that's, that's totally a good awesome. one that's gw a that's a real good one i really like that one uh allison's rumor power from umbrella academy peter says that's a good one uh <laughs> fire lori cal calgo please rise for the fire nation national anthem yeah we support zutara in this chat maybe not anybody else but just well, me actually <laughs> i think we're gonna have to go ahead and end the podcast part of our episode here uh, thank you all for asking us questions. Thank you all for sending the questions to us on social media. Thank you all for uh, hanging in the chat and asking us questions. We will continue streaming on Twitch after this. Uh, we were going to do a tier list of our favorite emo and rock radio bands. Uh, so if you are listening to this on Monday, please come join us on Thursdays for our podcast episodes. We'll be back with a guest, get, uh, a guest next week. Peter, you can't leave. We're literally going to do a tier list and you're going to have a great time. Um, <laughs> We'll be back next week with another guest uh, and we will uh, have our DJ sets on Friday and Saturday night. We will catch you then. Make sure to check us out on all the social media. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, if you could like, comment, subscribe on all our social media and give us a rating on uh, your favorite podcasting app. For both of us here at Emo Social Club, I'm Brian. I'm Lizzie. Goodbye. I don't know, man. I think my beer could be frostier than it is. <laughs>